0: Most footwear brands use cheaper synthetic materials. But when it comes to quality, Mother Nature knows best. Allbirds took that idea and ran with their iconic Wool Runners. Wool Runners are made with premium supernatural materials that are comfy and durable, so you can run to the ends of the earth or just to the store. Plus, they're machine washable. This year, take a big step forward for Mother Nature with Allbirds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair today at AllBirds.com.
1: That's A L L B I R D S.com. Hi, Hal.
2: How you doing, Amy? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming to the Lansky Warehouse.
1: Well, we're excited to um, be talking to you today at Lansky Brother from okay. Lansky Brothers. Right. And uh, you guys are a big supporter of ours. You're right. a sponsor. Right. and We're, we're, we're very thrilled ex- to
2: death to partner with y'all. And uh, let's, let's have a good time today.
1: Absolutely. Well, we want to talk to you a little bit about the history of Lansky Brothers, okay. which I find completely fascinating. And anyone who loves Elvis and some of the, right. the older artists back from the 1950s, 60s. Um, that's when all this started, right? And it was your grandfather. No, my dad started. Oh, it was your dad yeah. started. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah,
2: my dad uh, started in 1946, right after the war. They were looking for something to do, and uh, they didn't know what to do, so uh, they were looking t- around town for businesses, business business uh, business to open. So they opened up on Bill Street. Uh, the only reason uh, they got the space they are, uh, we still own the building. It's 126 Bill. Uh, the guy, the gentleman that owned the store, got murdered in there. So I guess no, <laughs> yeah, So I guess nobody really, Mr. Polsky. So uh, you know, Ken, uh, Kevin, I think uh, you're your friends. But uh, so he he got killed in there, and I guess no, nobody wanted that space because I guess what do you call it, bad bad juju. Ju, bad juju. So uh, so my dad, I, uh, uh, my dad and his brother Guy, uh, their their dad loaned them $125 to get started in business. So uh, you know, back then, I guess that was a lot of money. Right now, you I wish you could
1: still start a business yeah, for $120. Right, right now, those
2: were appetizers at your local restaurant. But uh, so they, they uh, got the, got, I guess got the key and went in there and uh, uh, they, they found out that this clothes from the, Mr. Polsky, was a, it was a ladies uh, re-thrift, uh, ladies sales shop, and my dad was a real colorful character, so he looked at this and he said, this shit ain't for me, and he, and he took <laughs> He didn't it, want to be in the women's clothing No, no, business. he, he took, that, took it out and threw it on the sidewalk, and, and Bill Street was a hustle bustle street, and within hours. Everything that was on the, on the street disappeared. So uh, that that was a good thing. So so we were thinking, what they need? What are we going to sell? What are we going to do in here? So uh, right then, nineteen forty-six, World War Two was j- uh, just, just over, ending. Just right. ending. So um, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, army the Army Depot in Memphis was one of the largest uh, Army de- depots in America. So uh, so they were buying. They bought everything. They bought paints, army cuts, jewelry. This is all army surplus. Army surplus. Yeah, uh, fatigues. Uh, uh, army shirts I uh, just just everything you think of and now
1: why uh, were people buying army surplus at that point well, in time Well you
2: know I don't I don't really know the answer but I think the answer is you know right after the uh, right during the war you really couldn't buy a lot of things you couldn't buy you know white shirts you couldn't right. buy a lot of things cuz uh, everything was made for the, for the military I mean uh, ev- everything was so uh, uh, people needed clothes and I guess it was kind of cool and uh, uh the prices were right and everything was uh,
1: pro america and i'm sure that there was some uh, um, nationalism going on as well at that time i, I guess
2: so but mm-hmm. uh, but anyway so they they started selling that stuff and then after a, a couple of years uh, uh it all all started drying up when, I, when it was drying up i mean people were buying it and there was no more at the army depot and uh, of course uh, there was a few other merchants in town selling selling the same thing so uh my dad said oh god we got to sell something we got to sell something so he started going to uh uh, New York and, and California, bringing in these bright clothes. He called them his lifesaver, lifesaver clothes, like lifesavers. You're as in the
1: colored lifesavers. Li- like, yeah,
2: like the colors, he loved to put the the reds and the oranges and the yellows and the greens in the windows and uh, and the people. You know, uh, it's very eye catching, right? You know, 126 bill in the 40s and 50s. It was it was a. Uh, it was an African American street, and if you if you were white, you really didn't go on that street. And, and I'll get more to that story. And everything about, about, yeah.
1: everything happened there for African Americans. It was not only entertainment, but it was also the, the dentist and the drugstore and everything the Duke else. Juke joints. It was everything. It,
2: it, mm-hmm. it was their their center. It was like you ever go to New York, you go to Chinatown, Little Italy. It was it was their their mecca. Of, it was thriving. It, and it was. And uh, um, you ever heard the saying, "If you're a uh, African American on Saturday night, you wouldn't go back to being white. Well, that, that's what it was. And uh, being a little kid in that story, I mean, it was unbelievable um, how, how busy we were, especially on, on the weekends. And uh, you know, somebody uh, there's a plaque on Bill Street, and asks, it says, uh, "Mr. Lansky." uh what were your store hours and, and my dad said hell if we had customers walking down the street we were open so he was open late at, late at night so uh
1: true entrepreneur
2: right right so anyway you put putting the lifesaver colors in the store and windows and the bright reds and stuff and and uh like i said it was an african-american street so a lot of your your uh, church people your gospel entertainers uh, started walking walking by there and they started to come in my dad used to love to trim the windows and. These bright colors and that's what brought them in the store and uh, you know they they had the gospel groups the choir groups uh uh wherever they were and you know there's some really you know,
1: famous entertainers too bb king and- yeah bb
2: king uh uh they, they all uh, albert king i remember as albert king uh coming in the store uh uh rufus thomas uh, rufus thomas uh, uh you know we dressed him for all those occasions and uh uh, every time he went went out on stage he'd open up his coat and he'd say ain't i clean <laughs> and, the, and the audience would say lansky brothers on bills." Hey! hey
3: can i ask you something what? What? i said can i ask you
0: something what? ain't i'm clean what?
2: we had a lot of entertainers, uh, Isaac Hayes, uh, uh, D- David Porter. Uh, one story I, I, I got to tell you is, uh, you know, uh, Isaac Hayes uh, uh, was so poor when he met my dad, uh, my dad looked down at his shoes and his shoes were put together with like a bailing wire and you know he was poor. So uh, so uh, then, you know, uh, many years later uh, when uh, uh, Isaac Hayes uh, got the Grammy, I think it was 1972, for. Uh, no, the Oscar for the best song, Shaft. Uh, Shaft. He, he came in, he came up there, and uh, he brought he brought his uh, his new car up there. It's the uh, I think it was a 1972 Eldorado uh, Cadillac that is featured in the uh, uh, Stacks, Stacks Museum. Stacks Museum. And he was so proud of that car, he uh, he ran in in the store. And he said, "Look, Mr. Lansky, look!" And uh, he it was so cool. He had a, a button he could start that car, turn that car's motor on and off from the inside of the store. You're so proud because he had a refrigerator in the back seat. But, uh, uh, you know, that's, a, you know, they all, you know, they all came from rags and riches. And, you know, I, I, so your you, dad
1: took care of these guys right. when they were up and coming. And they remembered that. Right, right. You
2: know, of course, Elvis, uh, same thing. And uh, uh, the, the, uh, Elvis uh, worked around uh, the street at, at a Lowe's, Lowe's Theater. He was an usher. And he, he would come in and. And one day, my dad saw this young man looking looking in the windows, and uh, he didn't know who it was. You know, he, he knew he was out of place because uh, you know, a white young man with, with his hair greased back in a ducktail—he was—he was out of place. So uh, he said, "Come on in, young man." And this young man said, "Mr. Lansky, I don't have any money, but one of these days I'm going to come in and buy you out." And my dad said, "Don't buy me out. Just just buy from me." And that's really what started their. Uh, it was relationship a long time year. relationship. Right. This this was in probably 1952 when Elvis was still in high school, and uh, on the weekends when he got paid on Fridays, he came he would come in. He would buy you know buy a shirt for dollar ninety five, or maybe a pants pair of pants for two two ninety five. They called them peggers. Those were the real tight, bright shade pants. I mean, we, uh, in my office here, I got some of those uh a frame you be on the wall. Thin to wear wall. Yes, yes. Well Elvis was very yeah. very yeah, but uh but yeah he came in and then he just started getting these gigs and started coming back and uh one day he came in, Mr. Lansky, Mr. Lansky, I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be on the Ed Sullivan show. I'm gonna be on the Ed Sullivan show. So my dad said, that's great, Elvis, let's, let's look around. So my dad, you know if you come in our store, you know, we're we're sales we're gonna lay all this stuff out, lay all these shirts out, and all these pants out with you. And so uh Elvis looked up and said, Mr. Lansky, Mr. Lansky got a problem. My dad said, What's your problem, Elvis? And uh, Elvis said, "Mr. Lansky, I don't have have any money." And my dad said, "You do have a problem, Elvis. But I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, spot you credit." So my dad gave him credit and uh, to go on the show, and uh, uh, that's what really tied up the relationship with my dad, and him. And you know, Elvis, if you if you were good to Elvis, uh, he, Elvis was very very loyal and faithful. So uh, he shocked with us all all to his to his death, but. Uh,
1: and your dad would sometimes shut down the store and let him come in, or even take clothes out to Grace. Well, right. right in the
2: early early years, he'd come in there at night, 12 o'clock at night. You know, same thing Elvis would do at the uh, Memphis Theater. You know, in the, in the fairgrounds with the with the Dodgeham cars. And if, yeah, sure he'd he come in. But later years, uh, he he was like a Elvis was like a, a a goldfish in in a bowl. He he couldn't get out anywhere because you you know people wanted they they wanted shirt a piece on. of him. They, they would tear, tear his shirt out off of him. But yeah.
1: And, and, and did you outfit him in some of the really um, glittery sort of well, well, outfits? Well, we
2: did, we did, but we like to think, you know, Elvis shopped with us all in high school, all the way to his death, but we like to think the Lansky look is when Elvis looked his best. The Lansky look is when Elvis was young and innocent. You know, that's when Elvis looked his best. Uh, he, he shopped with us in, in the 50s. He was a handsome guy. He, he was, 50s, uh, 60s, uh, and, and 70s. Uh, uh, you know, I can tell you about each decade. Uh, the 50s was uh, very cool. You know, everybody rolled up their rolled up their sleeves and stuff. The uh, tight uh, pegger pants and, and just just uh, some cool uh, like uh, black and white uh, coats. You know, black and white uh, fabrics and stuff. Uh, uh, you know, the 60s with more more continental look more continental look. In the 60s was your your little tight little coats, a little skinnier coats, but in like in 68, skinny lapels, skinny lapels yeah. in the early 60s, you know, right when he came back from the Army. Uh, you know, you can visual, uh, visualize Elvis wearing that uh, skinny suit dancing oh, with yeah. uh, Anne Margaret on v- Viva Las Vegas, and uh, but in the 68, uh, things all went crazy in 1968. That was, my dad started bringing in the Carnaby looks from uh, London, and that was the balloon sleeves, the bell-bottom pants, and uh, I, I'll never forget um uh,
1: how did your dad just become so in tune with fashion?
2: Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just what we do. You know, people ask me all the time. I don't know. We just do it. You know, so we, we just do it. We a lot of times we, we bring new stuff in and we, we take, take a gamble. Uh, of course, uh, Julie, uh, you know, Julie, uh, third generation in our, in our, uh, in our company now. But you know, when stuff comes in, she's so excited. She said, dad, "Dad, look at this. Look at these. Look at these bell bombs. Look at these bell bombs. I said, "I said that's cool." Julie, I was selling these thirty years ago.
1: I went through it the first time. Yeah,
2: what goes around comes around. So nothing's new. Everything comes around. So uh, so anyway, I was going to tell you a story. Uh, I was uh, I remember this. I was I went to Snowden High, and uh, my dad uh, ran a uh, ran an ad about this Carnaby look with the big sleeve and stuff. And uh, my dad said, uh, the ad said, get funky at Lansky's. Oh my God, that we we got so much bad press and the, the, uh, the press was so the
1: word funky was, funky, was considered funky. bad. Yes,
2: yes. And they were sending the kids home from school wearing that, and they were calling us up on the phone and stuff like that. So it was of course really... that made
1: you really cool with the kids, I well, would think. Well,
2: I don't, I don't really remember about that, but I know uh, um, get funky was uh, not. They didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a good term. So, so when you uh, grew up,
1: were you just outfitted to the nines as know, a kid? You
2: know, I, I tell the story. You know, people like that. I, you know, I like to dress nice, but uh, um, it's like the clerk in the liquor store. We sell it. We don't. We don't. We don't drink it, you know what I mean? No, we, <laughs> right. we do, we do, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, more conservative when I, than I'm put on customers, yeah. So, uh,
1: well, and so, so Elvis, uh, unfortunately, died very young. Right. And you guys started, you dressed him in the beginning, and then you dressed him in the end. Right, all funeral. the way to the end.
2: So, so I, t- I told you about the 50s, uh, the mm-hmm. 60s, and the, and the 70s is a decade of fashion that we're not too proud of. In the 70s, everybody thought they were pimps. So uh, you know the Shaft movies, everybody did. Yeah, the Shaft movies, uh, 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 Curtis Mayfield, all those were cool movies, and uh, you know everybody had the long, long coats on, the fur hats and stuff like that. We were we were the only men's store in America that had a full-time furrier putting cuffs and and, and uh, caps, uh, fur hats on. On, uh, you on still our have any of that clothing? We, we do, we do, and uh, Graceland has, has, uh, has a lot of it out there, so yes. And if you come into our store at the Peabody, um, we have a pink jacket, uh, out there with a, a fur collar on it, but yes, uh, everybody thought they were pimps.
1: That's so, so over the it, top,
2: yeah, it was. And of course, everybody was driving Cadillacs, and that's the era when uh, uh, Isaac Hayes has, has that cool, cool uh, Cadillac in a big. Lice, you know, superfly look, and stuff like that. So it it was fun, but uh, it was it was a decade we weren't too too happy about. I think
1: it was a decade of fashion yeah. that everyone right. <laughs> doesn't really right. want to recall or or redo. Right. Although I see some of it coming back. Right,
2: it's, it's coming back. So anyway, getting back to the car show, I told mm-hmm. you Isaac Hayes came in. Same thing happened when um, Elvis uh, sold a million records for RCA Victor. They gave him a three-wheel German uh, German Messerschmitt car, and uh, he 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 wrote he wrote it. Uh, brought it down to the store, Mr. Lance, same thing, Mr. Lansky, Mr. Lansky, look at my car. He was so proud because my dad knew him when they were, when they were broken. And, uh, and my dad said, El- Elvis, I want that car. When you're finished with that, I want that car. So uh, uh, two, two weeks, two and a half weeks later, Elvis called my dad, he said, Bernard, I got this car, or, or excuse me, Mr. Lansky, I got this car for you. So he, he uh, came in the store and traded it for a two and a half hour shopping spree. And, um uh, it, that story. What is a Messerschmitt? Messerschmitt is, uh, is a German car. Uh, right after the war, um, you know, they had to, they were making fighter planes for the for the army, and uh, so they had to make something. So they made cars from the airplane uh, production. So and Elvis uh,
1: had a lot of different cars. He, he
2: did. He did. And so, some uh,
1: really unique
2: cars. Right, right. He did. So anyway, um, on our website, um, uh, Elvis, in his own words, talks about the two and a half hour. A shopping spree he had at Lansing. He said, "When I left there, it was the store was a total wreck, a total wreck." So, yeah, that was that was cool. So, anyway, it's been fun, you know. Uh, um, I tell I tell a lot of stories, uh, and when when I was coming up, you know, my dad, you know, we were my dad was a merchant. He was a, he owned a shop on Bill Street, and of course. Um, we sold. My dad sold clothes to African Americans or blacks. So, so I had a lot of friends. Their dads were doctors. Their dad was lawyers. And so, so they were. They were kind of. You know, we were kind of looked down a little. Like, you know, my, his dad sells sells clothes to African Americans. So, so um, you know, my dad died a few years ago. And uh, after he died, um, you know, he uh, had it rec- was recognized all over the world in his obituary, uh, New York Times, the Wall, uh, Wall Street Journal. Uh, uh, L.A. Press, uh, Dallas, uh, London, London Times, uh, Saudi Arabia. We were even in the uh, Saudi Arabia newspaper, and we're we're Jewish. So, uh, so I guess my point is, my dad. Uh, after all these years, uh, he, he cut he, through he, all those barriers. He did. He 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 uh, he uh, he was. He, my dad is known throughout the world, or business is known throughout the world. And I guess my friends, who's who's whose dads were doctors and attorneys, are. Uh, they're they're uh, out at the cemetery, too proud to speak. So, so in, anyway, so it's it was, it's it's been a fun ride. Uh, I mean, I I mean I can tell you in the store, working in the store, I've seen so many people come in. The Jackson Five came in the store, and and uh, um, their dad Joe, who recently died, wouldn't let those kids buy anything, and they they threw a tantrum in the store. They were they were probably uh, maybe the oldest one was maybe uh, in his early teens, but they he wouldn't let them buy anything, and so. Uh, um, I remember that uh, that was a big weekend and, and uh, at that time we, uh, we did a lot of custom make uh, clothing for you know our clientele and stuff and they all came, came in and picked it up for that Saturday night and one, one young man's uh, pants didn't come back from our, 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 our custom maker and his dad uh, threw a fit and his dad picked us for like two or three weeks with signs in front of the store because his, his kid couldn't go to the Jackson 5. Uh, concert wearing his two-pocket pants. Uh, you know, we uh, one of the fashions in the '70s. Uh, we sold a lot of. Uh, we tether made a lot of two-pocket pants. You know, two what pockets is a in the two front. Pocket pant? Well, I'm glad you asked. Two pockets are two pockets in the front, and there's no pockets in the back. You know why there's no pockets in the back? Because the guys wanted the girls to see how good looking their booty was. So that's what you you're call kidding something. me. I'm very serious. <laughs> Uh, did did I, it work? <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it did. <laughs> so those are two pocket pants. We sold a lot of two pocket pants, yeah. yes. Yeah, so.
1: Well, so you have all these guitars. Right. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm just amazed. We're in your warehouse. Right. And you have all these guitars signed by so many different right. musicians. Um, so you developed a relationship and a reputation around the world. Right,
2: right. Uh-huh. And you have
1: all these uh, rock stars that come in uh, to right. Memphis. And the first thing they do is they run to Lansky's. Well, we hope they
2: do. We hope yeah. they do. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they do so. Yeah. Who are
1: some of the folks that have been through here? Well,
2: uh, over your shoulder is uh, I got a little shrine to uh, Led Zeppelin. I'm a Led Zeppelin fan, and Robert Plant has been shopping in our, our our store for years. And I really met him in the late '80s, but he he, he tells me he, he's been in our store in the '70s and '80s. And I guess I didn't didn't pay attention, didn't know who he was. But you know, all your London guys, your uh, guys from the U- UK and stuff, Eric Clapton, all of them. They love all this uh, Mississippi Delta, Mississippi Blues stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so uh, Robert Plant, uh, um, you know we got uh, uh, Aerosmith over here, David Lee Roth uh, on the floor, is little Tito Jackson. Uh, so uh, the Rolling Stones over here. I got a Mick Jagger and a couple of their uh, guitars over there. Uh, over here is uh, Glenn Campbell, which uh, died. He he shot. Without I tell you a, a cool story about Glenn Campbell. And one night he he was he, I was putting the key in the door. And uh, this good-looking blonde kind of rattled the door a little. So, yeah, of course, good-looking like you right there, Amy. So I was going to... Thank you, Hal. I opened, I opened the, I opened the <laughs> You're door. You're a friend for life. I, I mean, I opened the door for and uh, and then all of a sudden, Glenn Campbell was right behind us. Oh, my God. So uh, he was, uh, I was showing him some shirts and stuff, and he bought some shirts. He was in the, he was in the dressing room singing rhinestone. He's one of
1: my favorites yeah. of all time.
2: He was singing rhinestone cowboy and all, stuff like that. So you know, over the years, I started sending some stuff back to him, and then... Uh, uh, there's a uh, there's a shirt in our bill street store. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen it. It's a sequin sequin shirt um, that he bought and he returned it to me. He, he he said he didn't like the way that the shoulder was wearing. And I I, I looked at the shirt I said, "Okay, um, uh, it, it it was worn out because it's a guitar strap." Ah. so I didn't have the heart to tell him, hey, Glenn, it's your freaking guitar strap. <laughs> so anyway, I gave my new shirt, and I, I threw the shirt in a, in a box in our warehouse. And then, of course, uh, when we opened the store on Bill Street, I thought it'd be a cool piece. And of course, Glenn, is so long with us, it's a fantastic piece now. So that's that's, a, a, that's a great story. Piece. So you know, over the years, I've waited on a lot of people. I've seen. People come in, and uh, you know, sometimes they come in, their pants are worn out on the front of it, and uh, uh, either the guy is so big, when he's driving his car, it's the friction on, on there, or, or he's a clerk working at a liquor store, and he's leaning up against the, the wooden counter. So, uh, uh, so uh, we, we've seen it all.
1: One of the things I noticed, because I'm in your store a lot, yeah? and um, I could buy the whole store out. Right. The, the clothing is so cool. Um, but what I noticed is how unique the fabrics are. And do you guys actually have those fabrics uh, made yourself? Do you design them yourself, or how does that? Well,
2: well a lot of the, a lot of the fabrics we recreate from the 50s and 60s. So, you know, like I told you before, nothing's new, and uh, I don't think we're there's no I in team. So we just we put them out, and we we like to, we like to buy better merchandise. I mean, it doesn't cost that much more to offer our customers something better. I mean, you go in a lot of stores and stuff, and everybody's trying to get get in on the on the cheap end but we, we offer our clothing uh, we, I don't think our clothing is that expensive but we, we offer great quality and uh, you know in our store um, you see a lot of different stuff we, we try to be different you know, we have people from all around the world they want to buy they want to shop where the Kings shop and uh, uh, you know sometimes I have people come in and you know, they'll see like a, a certain brand we have and they say well I can get this at Nordstrom's you know, so so more and more we're trying to do our own thing more private label
1: you were telling me a story about a time you were walking down the street in New York City, and you looked in a window and you saw okay, a fabric. Yeah, okay,
2: cool. So uh, this is probably about three years ago, and uh, I was walking down the st- down the street, and uh, I said, "Oh my God, look at this shirt!" It was in. Uh, um, anyway, so uh, it was it was a cool cool store. So uh, it was like nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night. So uh, uh, two days later, I went back and I I went in. And I said, "I want to. Where's this shirt in the in the window?" And um, And they said it's on the third floor whatever. So Bergdorf Goodman, so Bergdorf Goodman. So I went up on the third floor, sixth floor, whatever it was, and I said, I want that shirt in the window. And he said, it's right over here. And uh, he said, this will be $995, a $1,000 shirt. Better be a nice shirt. And I said, I'll take it. And uh, I I brought that home and I I reconfigured it to make it out into an Elvis wedding shirt. So it was a Prada shirt. That Prada shirt was a $1,000 shirt. And we recreated it to sell it in our stores. Uh, for $185, and it had a lot of beautiful. engineer, beautiful buttons, beautiful label treatments. So uh, that that was cool. So yeah, nothing's new. You know, nothing, nothing's new. So we try to bring out new stuff and try to create stuff from from the past 50s and, and 60s. And you have
1: four stores.
2: We have four stores. Brick and mortar stores. We have four. We we have five brick and mortar stores. We have four stores in the Peabody, the fabulous Peabody Hotel, where our store is just a waddle away from the ducks in the fountain. Uh, we, we, uh, we've been in there since 1981 when the Peabody reopened. As a favor to uh, Mr. Bell's, the owner of the hotel, my dad opened up a little 300-square-foot tie shop, and then from there we've grown into four stores. We have the Men's Store, uh, we have the Lansky 126 Store. The Lansky 126 Store was named after the famous store on 126 Bill where Elvis shop, BB King, Lou Rawls, uh, Roy Orbison, Jerry Lee, all of them shop. And then we have our Lansky Lucky Duck. It's our gift shop in the hotel. We themed it off, out, themed it off of everything ducks. Then we have another store. We call it Lansky's Accessory Store. A lot of, a uh, lot of items for ladies: uh, necklaces, uh, uh, bracelets, shoes, whatever. Ladies, ladies love to shop when they're in the hotel. And then about three years ago, we reopened the original Lansky. Uh, in, we reopened in the original Lansky building, at 126 Bill. Uh, a a seventeen hundred square foot shop. We released the property out to the Hard Rock uh, Cafe, and they. Would, you guys
1: still own that building? We, we do. Deal. It's been in
2: a uh, family since nineteen forty six. So, uh, so uh, uh, they uh, they wanted the building, uh, Hard Rock, and I got to say, the Lansky building that Hard Rock Cafe in is probably the you know uh, Hard Rock prides himself on being a cool cool place with a lot of cool memorabilia. Well, this is not. I th- this is probably the only Hard Rock Cafe can say that. Uh, Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison, The Million Dollar Quartet, you know, B.B. King, uh, uh, Albert King, all the Stax guys, uh, Isaac Hayes—they've all been in that building shopping. So there's a lot of ghosts flying around that building. So uh, yeah. I have a
1: funny Hard yep. Rock story for you because my dad actually graduated in the same class as Elvis Presley. Right. To come full circle, uh-huh. I was in the London Hard Rock Cafe and I looked over on the wall and I was by myself. And there was a picture of elvis presley's entire high school graduating right. class uh, and there was a picture of my dad
2: okay cool all right you get them autographed for you <laughs> i wish yeah I well wish. you know you know if you're from memphis everybody has an elvis connection they do they do, they do it so. was small back yeah. then. Yeah, so it was
1: really small back then Here. well uh let's talk a little bit about Here. your book okay we have a couple books actually right. and so okay. tell us about this is this is actually a, um, a book about the history this is our Polinsky. history book
2: we we uh, did this about five or six years ago we we have our second edition on there it just shows how my dad started out. You've got some awesome photos in there. You know, back then, you know, a lot of these photos uh, uh, were were just unbelievable. All of them, were, like, captured in time. Nobody back there uh, had ca- a camera except professional uh, photographers. And there's... Um, it's so amazing
1: it's, how many pictures you do have. Right, right. Because people didn't have iPhones. They right. weren't snapping right. photos all the time.
2: So there's a lot of lost moments in... When, when Elvis was in the store, of course, I, I do have a photo of me in that store. But I'll tell you, I tell you a quick story. It's a, a guy from Memphis. He's deceased now. He's, his name is Ernest uh, Ernest Withers. You ever heard of Ernest Withers? Oh yeah. Well, he he really captured the civil rights movement in the '60s in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he's captured uh, uh, some fantastic photos of Dr. Martin Luther King and and Reverend uh, Reverend Cows and. Uh, 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 all of them, and uh, he, he captured uh, you know a lot of the shots of the day uh, uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King got shot. Uh, the funeral, I think he has a photo of uh, Dr. Uh, King in, in the casket. So anyway, um, every time um, um, he sees my dad, my dad said he says, Mr. Lansky, I should have listened to you. If I listened to you, I'd have been a millionaire. Because um, you know my dad, you know a lot of times knew Elvis on the way. Ernest, come on in. Ernest, Elvis will be here in 30 minutes. Come on down. And he came in once or twice, but sometimes he's like, I'm too busy, Benara, I'm too busy. So, so that he, he says that he should to, you. should know, have taken his yeah, advice. Yeah. I, mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people have made a lot of money off of, off of Elvis. And uh, you know, our 15, fam- 15 minutes of fame with Elvis is still ticking. So uh, we're, we're grateful that we had the opportunity to, 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 to take care of Elvis and to, to keep his legacy and my dad's legacy alive. I mean, uh, uh, Priscilla and Lisa Marie are doing an awesome job. Uh, keeping keeping the legacy of Elvis' alive. So many people, especially our city, uh, depend on Elvis. Our tourism business is just unbelievable. Without Elvis, we'd be a third third world country. I mean, it's, it it would be terrible. No, it's uh, amazing what he does and,
1: for this this area right. and how talented he was. And what always struck me I've I've been to Graceland many times is just how many of his. Grammys were from gospel music. Right. He was so religious. Right.
2: Yes, he was. I so haven't.
1: it was it was he was amazing And he continues to be yeah. amazing to this city. You
2: know, I don't, Every funeral I go to they play how great they are. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. So uh, Maybe I'll have to do it. Those my are my opinion. favorite songs. Yep. I have that's to good. say all, all yep. this gospel music
1: yep. and there's one other book I yep. just want to okay. uh, Pull out here. Tell, tell me a little bit about this book.
2: Okay, this is uh, come on. Y- come on in young man You know, that's the story. I told you how my dad uh, met Elvis, so uh, we uh, we put it together for children, children of all ages, and it's been selling real well. It tells a story about a young man uh, that had ambition, ha- had had he had uh, uh, cared for, well mannered, and uh, just just loved to uh, um, a good young man. Good young man, polite, and uh, uh, he, uh, he 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 said, uh, "Followed that dream," and he he, he did. Uh, I'm, I'm losing my words, but. Uh, uh, he did he did a great job and uh but we don't we don't tell the, who this young man is till the last page uh we at the last page we said this young man uh turned out to be the greatest entertainer of all time this young man was elvis Presley. but so he had ambition, and uh, you know the world's out there it's just your your world you just got to go go get it nobody's going to give you anything so uh well, and he i guess was, that's what i was trying to say and he was there.
1: dirt poor yep. and he um got picked up a guitar right. and he it all went yep, from there.
2: Yeah. Hard, hard work and ambition. So uh, that's what it is. It's selling real good. And uh, we had a great artist. Uh, it's like a retro style, some great artwork in there. So uh, everything is very retro in there. But uh, that's the story. Well, I have yep. one last question okay, for okay, you, Hal. Okay.
1: Can I get a pair of blue suede shoes?
2: You can. Just don't step on them. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know, if you come to Memphis, you, you definitely got to buy a pair of blue suede shoes. Uh, so uh, tell telling how many pair of blue suede shoes we, we sell a year. I'll do that. Okay, okay, all right, okay. All right, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Hal. Thank
1: you for for allowing us to come by and and, and talk with you today. Okay,
2: thank you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, thank you. All right.
0: This year is your year, even if you also said that in 2022. And however you want to make a splash, Mother Nature can help you every step of the way with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes made from premium, supernatural, weather-repellent materials. So you can jump into this year with both feet, rain or shine. The high-top uppers are made from temperature-regulating, moisture-wicking merino wool, treated with durable puddle guard technology to keep you dry and comfy. And you can take confident strides with with supernatural rubber treads that grip for all-condition traction and sugarcane-based sweet foam midsoles that put a little bounce in each step. Allbirds is constantly innovating to increase the performance and longevity of their earth-friendly materials. So even on your toughest outings, you'll wear out before your shoes do. This year, make a splash without worrying about getting your feet wet with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's a l l b i r d s.com.